You are Locked On Padres. Your daily San Diego Padres podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. What is going on? Locked on Baseball Nation or Locked on MLB Nation, whatever you would like to call it in this neck of the woods. You guys have met him before, actually not too long ago, but here at Locked on Pirates and Locked on Padres, I think you guys have gotten a heavy dose of me. I am the host of the Locked on Pirates podcast, Ethan Smith. That is Javier Reyes of the Locked on Padres podcast. And before we even get started, Javi, um, yesterday, the Pirates did the most pirate thing that they could ever do. They were in their final game against the Milwaukee Brewers, and I will riddle you who you think scored all three (laughs) runs for the Milwaukee Brewers and also hit his first home run as a Brewer in that game. Was it, let's see, Keston Hira? No. First, First career home run or first home run of the season? First home run for the Milwaukee Brewers. Huh. This is great. I can't th- McCutcheon. There we go. Yep. Andrew McCutcheon. There we go. I against forgot. his See, former team. Against his former team. You know, and that's how the welcome. Congratulations, Milwaukee Brewers. You have the best team, best rotation you've had in a long time. You win 95 games. You haven't been World Series since the late 80s. What do we do? Only sign Andrew McCutcheon, right? Well, that, yeah, that'll be our only so. thing at this stage of his career, right? Like, Congratulations yeah. winning a pennant or anything like that. But anyway, uh, good luck, guys. Have fun oh, sports. Yeah. Runs a game. Oh, yeah, I know, right? And that's basically <laughs> how that whole series went. And, of course, the Padres and the Pirates meet for the first time. And it's very interesting because the remnants of the Joe Musgrove trade have already mm-hmm. kind of cemented themselves a little bit in Pittsburgh. Jack Sawinski um, has made kind of a interesting call-up. Uh, He was called up after Brian Reynolds was put on the COVID-19 IL for a day, but now he's still here. Tuka Pita Marcano is also here. Uh, Adam Frazier Light, as I like to call him. This is actually from the Adam Frazier trade. Sorry, not the Joe Musgrove trade. David Bednar is from the Joe Musgrove trade, uh, while some of the other guys from that trade are still in the lower levels of the system. But for the Padres and the Pirates, it always seems like they always play in Pittsburgh early in the year. I remember vaguely last year that they were playing in April, pretty much, like around this time last year. And oddly enough, I believe the Pirates split that series with uh, San Diego. So that's fun. Um, but right now, uh, the Pirates sit at 8-11. and 11. Six of those losses have come to the Milwaukee Brewers. So against everybody else, they're 8-5. and five. <laughs> and then if you if you add the Cardinals even in that uh, in that mix as well, who also swept them, they are eight and two against everybody else that they've played. So I don't know how what that speaks to in this series here, but the Pirates. One thing that I've liked so far is the bullpen. I will say mm-hmm. that I think this will be an interesting pitching matchup for both teams because um, I did ask you, and I won't even lie to the people listening. I have not watched the Padres game this year, which is why Javi is here. Um, but he told me that pitching has been electric. So what has been so electric about your pitching, probably particularly from your starters, and it's kind of the reverse in Pittsburgh where we actually do not have a win from a starter yet. So tell me a little bit about how the starters are doing down there in San Diego. Uh, pretty good. Unlike you, I actually did watch uh, a Pirates game. I watched the 8-12 one 
just because I, I was just getting so many alerts from a group chat I was in of all these hits and Willie Adam I think Willie Adamas hit two home runs in that game. So yes, I did. did pay attention to that. Willie Adamas, like one of the only above average offensive players I have. If if you ha- if you couldn't tell listeners, I don't like the Milwaukee Brewers strategy. I, I don't like teams that are great that then decide not to do anything, i.e. Tampa, i.e. Cleveland a few years ago. Pittsburgh, I'm cool with. They're, they're rebuilding. That's with the starting pitching, though, to get back to your point. The with the Padres is actually secretly getting into, there's going to be a little bit of a, a tough decision soon because Nick Martinez, you know, he's kind of a back-end guy. Mackenzie Gore just came up. And Mike Clevenger is, expect, is expected to make his season debut probably sometime next week. Uh, against the Cleveland Guardians, of course, is form. Eventually, Blake Snell will get back from the IL. That also still leaves Darvish, Musgrove, your boy, and Shamanaya. That's a lot of pitchers, Ethan. And the way yeah, that all of them have been pitching, Martinez probably the least impressive. I know that Darvish had the one blow up start against San Fran, but aside from that one blow up start, he's looked pretty dang good. Uh, so that's probably going to be the story for you, Darvish's season. But there's a lot of depth here. I don't even know if there's maybe a trade in the, that could potentially pop up here uh, revolving around maybe Nick Martinez or some of the guys that they don't like because this is a stacked rotation, right? Yeah. And there's going to be a lot of questions heading into the deadline depending on where the Padres are, uh, especially because uh, three of their guys, Mike Clevenger, Shamanaya, and Joe Musgrove are all going to be free agents after the season that – they're, it's, there's an, they're in an interesting spot. But as of right now, the pitching has absolutely been the reason that they've been succeeding. The bullpen – as I kind of talked about on my podcast, I was not that worried about the Mark Melanson uh, loss. Would have loved to have him back. But the Padres, actually, if there's one thing AJ Preller has been pretty consistent at, it's building a bullpen. And they've yeah. been really good with that this year. Steven Wilson, with the exception of two nights ago, had like 16 Ks and no hits allowed over the course of like 11 innings or something like that. Like he'd been really good. So with the Padres, it's been a very pitching reliant team. But. Yeah. Of course, it's it might shock you to know that the Padres first baseman and Jerickson Profar are two of the teams, some of their most uh, effective offensive players. It hasn't been Voight, hasn't been Cronenworth, and it hasn't been Trent Grisham. Machado, yeah, okay, breaking news, still very good. But they haven't been doing it. Instead, it's been those two guys. So that's kind of the all-encompassing take for you pirate folk, uh, what's going on with the Padres right now. But yeah, I think that that's the, the next storyline is going to be what are they doing with this rotation? They might have no other choice than to go six, man. I'm really curious to see how it pans out. And really, with how things panned out with short and spring training, that's something that's huge. I mean, that's mm-hmm. probably a big reason why you see the Padres have got off to a 13-7 and seven start. Milwaukee has got off to a good start. The Dodgers, obviously, and the Giants. All these teams that have very good and deep rotations have gotten off to good starts because they haven't had to rely on the same guys it's like okay well let's go pluck number eight over here and then throw them in here and that's something that you like and interestingly enough going into the series as well the Padres did just sweep a fellow NL Central team in the Cincinnati Reds uh yesterday so Hmm. kind of coming in on opposite ends here where the Pirates are coming off of getting swept meanwhile the Padres are coming in off of a sweep. And I actually, if you see that I keep looking down, I've been looking at kind of like what's been going on and stuff and see that you guys have already played the uh, Dodgers. You played the Reds a couple times. You've already played the Reds. Uh, So you've had some fun, I would say, already. But before, I would say 
talking about the series in general and the pitching match uh, matchups and everything. Javi, why don't you tell the wonderful people about something that's coming this summer that they should invest in? You know what? I'll do just that because I am never tired of talking about the best protein bar in the universe. I, I'm going to go that far in the universe, in the universe. That's right, guys. Summer, like Ethan said, is coming. And with summer, you're going to need some food on the go. Maybe maybe if you're just you know traveling, you're going to the beach or whatever, or maybe you're working out, you want to make sure you, you take advantage of the great weather. Well, Built Bars are the perfect snacks to take with you on all of those such endeavors, guys. The best part about Built Bars is that they're healthy and delicious. Of course, they're protein bars after all, but, but that's not all, man. They've got all sorts of flavors. That's what I love about them, man. They've got Cherry Barcia, which is my mom's favorite. Apple Almond Crisp, my personal favorite. Ethan, do you have a favorite? Um, No, but I still have this wonderful uh, limited time ruby chocolate puff. Um, mm. But I would say that probably the white chocolate, uh, anything white chocolate for me, I, I'm, I'm game. I love that. I love that. And speaking of those, those puff flavors, they come in crazy things like banana cream pie and even churro. Who doesn't want a protein bar that tastes like a churro? And they're only 140 calories. Go get them. What are you waiting for? And because you're listening to this podcast, guys, you can go to built.com and use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Remember, that is promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. But email, I'm not done yet. All right. I'm not done yet. Yeah, See, that's that's yet. the best part about this is I'm we're giving the people good stuff. All right. Yeah, we're giving the them more. discounts. <laughs> yeah. I, hey, I really want one right now. I am so hungry now. <laughs> it's not even funny. I can't wait till we finish uh, so I can have some more of those good guys. But on another end of the spectrum, guys, let's talk about BlueNile.com. All right. Good place. And then you might be thinking, well, what the heck is that? I mean, it's a cool name, but what, what is it for? Well, it's for jewelry. And we are in a little bit of a jewelry season, guys. All right. At BlueNile.com, you can celebrate all of life's special moments from creating the perfect custom engagement of their dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece. All at prices you won't find at a traditional jeweler. They've got fine jewelry like, you know, diamond jewelry, cocktail rings, tennis bracelets, gold layering jewelry. They have whatever you want. And... Like I said, it's a gift-giving season. And also, what season are we in? Mother's Day season, May 8th. I hope I'm right on that. I think it's May You are 8th. indeed Ooh. right. It is okay, May Sunday. 8th. There we go. Okay. I said, if you're like me and you're panicking sometimes because you just realized that you kind of forgot about Mother's Day a little bit, don't worry. Blue Nile has you covered, guys. Go check it out for sure. And like I said, it is Mother's Day coming up. So give your mother something they'll treasure forever with fine jewelry from Blue Nile. Dot com and locked on sports listeners, you can get $50 off of a $500 order. And this is an exclusive podcast offer, exclusive, and it is only good through Mother's Day, guys. So go check that out. Locked on for that $50 off discount. Every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in discreet packaging that won't give away what's inside. Shop stress free and find your forever piece. Go to bluenile.com today. Oh, yeah. Bam. And then even after that, since you made me and Javi your first listen, make sure you make your second listen locked on now. Of course, thank you for making Locked On Pirates and Padres your first listen. But for your next listen, check out the Locked On Now podcast. Recaps of MLB games with analysis from our local experts are available and are taking fans through the season like no other network. It is free and available wherever you get your podcasts. And apparently what isn't free and available is wins for the Pittsburgh Pirates. I wish it was, but it's not. 
So we look at the pitching matchups for this wonderful series, and today will be Mr. U Darvish versus Zach Thompson. Uh, Zach Thompson's ERA is higher than my debt uh, from school right now. Uh, and then JT Brubaker will face off against Sean Manaya. Um, his is a little bit lower than Zach Thompson's, but based off of the previous statement, you can get the idea. And then, of course, Big Jumbo Joe comes back to Pittsburgh to pitch in the Sunday matinee against Mitch Keller, who can never seem to figure it out. Um, so you look across everything that's going on and heading into this series, and we both mentioned that the pitching staffs are kind of good in their own way. So the Padres are much more in, from what I'm getting from you, they're in a much better position starting-wise. As I mentioned, the Pirates do not have a win from their starter yet. And again, most of baseball fans now are saying, Wins and losses don't really matter for pitchers. That's mm-hmm. that, that's becoming a universal thing. Um, but the bullpen, on the other hand, has been absolutely awesome. I mean, Dylan Peters has looked very well. David Bednar, who former Padre, mm-hmm. has yet to give up a run this year and seems to be getting absolutely no credit for it. I mean, you don't hear anything <laughs> about it at all. But if you want to watch a really cool video, watch his um, his save against the Chicago Cubs in Wrigley where he faces Wilson Contreras and Frank Swindell. And he literally just didn't even throw a breaking pitch. And either at bat, he just threw the ball right past him and said, you can't hit it. Also, uh, something I can't say, but whenever he was doing the whole handshake thing at the end when they won, he was like explicit the Cubs. Explic- uh, basically, <laughs> literally every single time. Um, but what do you think the keys to the Padres winning this series are outside of just being a better team than the Pittsburgh Pirates. Um, yeah, I mean, I think that it, a lot of it comes down to just being able to, you know, maybe knock starters out early because the Pirates starters aren't necessarily, you know, all that great. Like you mentioned with Mitch Keller, people got excited for a little bit because of spring training. You know, there's some rumors, some reports, you know, he's, 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 Ethan's kind of rolling his eyes a little bit. And I'm not going to lie. I'm in a 16, you know, league fantasy uh, league and I was like you know I had him on my watch list because it's a 16 team league you gotta you know have an eye on everybody uh but then that quickly was dismissed um I will say I think the key for the Padres series is to not just make it that you were gonna beat up on Reds pitching right you have to be able to because unlike the Reds sounds like the Pittsburgh Pirates have a pretty good uh bullpen I know Crow is another guy who's had yeah. some um, good addings for them as well and you know for the for the Padres you kind of have to see we need something from Trent Grisham, man. And I talked about this a, a week or so ago. My only overreaction of the theater so of the season so far, theater so far has been that I'm just not seeing it for Trent Grisham. He is striking out too much compared to what his expectations are supposed to be. He's supposed to be a guy with a great eye at the plate, and he kind of does have a good eye at the plate. He doesn't swing at too much garbage, but when he does swing, he's not hitting. It reminds me a lot of Tommy Pham last year. And instead, Jerkson Profar has been basically so far this year what we want of Trent Grisham. My fear is that Trent Grisham isn't a bad player. It's just that he's a very fine player. He's good. He's like the se- the guy who's going to bat seventh in your order, play good defense, maybe hit for modest power and whatnot on a winning team. But if he's the leadoff hitter for the Padres, he's left a lot to be desired so far, especially when you don't have Tatis. So you have to hope that, that you know he maybe figures that out. Jake Cronenworth, I think, is just due. So I'm expecting a big series for him. Machado is going to be great. And then, you know, Will Myers just headed to the IL. Luis Campizano is another one to watch out for. Their top catching prospect. He actually was called up after Myers uh, was announced to be heading to the IL. Or no, I'm sorry. After Luke Voigt was heading to the IL, they brought him up. And he's he's hitting the ball hard, 
but swinging fast and early uh, on count. So expect that if he gets some um, reps over at DH for the Padres. That's where he's uh, started a couple times for them. So that's my kind of thing on them is we have to see if their offense can carry. They were good against the Reds, but can they be good against a team that while they're starting pitching may not be so up to snuff? Bullpen can be a little bit tricky. And that is, you know, sometimes that's what you need sometimes to upset better teams is when your bullpen can just go out there and be lights out for the rest of the game. Uh, I'm concerned about the Padres offense to an extent, but also it's like, all right, they don't have Tatis. Like this is kind of where we were probably going to end up in the first place. Padres fans and Braves fans can both use the same argument on why their offenses are struggling right now. You're missing Ronald Acuna <laughs> and Fernando Tatis Jr. Mm-hmm. I'm going to correct you on something for a second. Mm. Go, for Go it. back to your uh, catching prospect. How did you pronounce his name? Campisano. You pronounce his last name right. I actually used to play baseball with him really? and against him uh, because he is from uh, Augusta, which is where I grew up and played baseball. It's actually Louis. Really? Yes. His name is Louis Campisano. I had no idea about that. I because ha- I have I listen on the Padres broadcast. They don't have that. So, all right, wow. I've been well, in, okay. Yeah, that's, that's usually what. Well, that's what his parents when I was a kid and what they told my parents that was his name. But I also have the pleasure of saying I've struck him out before. So <laughs> I have struck out an MLB pitcher. Um, but you look at the tools that you said, and I think the Pirates are pretty similar. Is I mean, you look at this, uh, what a lot of their games, like even just look in the past week, they lose three to two to the Brewers, three to one to the Brewers, win four three over the Cubs, win four two over the Cubs, win four three over the Cubs, lose four to two to the Brewers, five to two to the Brewers, six to one to the Brewers. So when they keep themselves in games with the pitching, it seems like the offense is doing enough. To where they're saying, if you can get the pitching aspect of it down, we're going to at least give you like two or three runs. But Mm -hmm. at the same time, it's a positive, but it's also a negative. Because it's like if your offense is only giving you three runs, it's kind of tough. And probably, and you mentioned, you watched the 12-8 to game. That's kind of infuriating when you think about it. Because it's like, oh, the offense finally woke up and scored a bunch of runs. But then the pitching just fell apart again. And we're not even going to talk about what happened last weekend in Chicago. Not going to, not going to bring it up. <laughs> um, but I would say the keys, uh, the bullpen is going to do what the bullpen has done best this year, and that's keep them in the game. I just think the offense, especially key Brian Hayes, Brian Reynolds, Michael Chavis, those guys, they just need to give these starting pitchers some leeway. I mean, they really do. And I believe there was a statistics going into the week that the Pirates had allowed the most runs of anybody in Major League Baseball in the first two or three innings. And that speaks volumes to the fact that the offense needs to pick it up early as well. And that's another thing that they've been doing kind of late as well in games is picking it up too late. Mm. And that's one thing I think that they're going to have to do, especially facing Manaya, Darvish, and Musgrove, who are three top-end starters in this league. You're really going to have to like put up at least, I'd say, one or two runs in those first couple innings. And also get some good pitching from your starters. Now, they flirted with the idea of using an opener in Wednesday's game. And I may sound like our old pal Sully over there. I hate openers. I just do. Hmm. It, it's, it's something that I agree with in a sense. But it's more of something I would agree with more if it was like game 162 and you have to win. So you're throwing Dave Bednar out there in the first, second, and third inning to make sure that you literally are not giving up a run in those innings. 
I agree with it on that sense, but when we're talking about the 14th game of the season and you're already using an opener, I mean, I get it. The starters have been awful. They really have, but mm-hmm. you're going to that way too early. And it was Dylan Peters, for all intents and purposes, who is a long relief pitcher, so it wasn't like they were throwing Chris Stratton or somebody out there like that who usually only gets like one or two innings of work. But I don't know. I think a lot of it will just attribute to the Pirates scoring runs early and not allowing runs early. And, you know, if you want to bet on any of this kind of stuff, which I've actually found out, Javi, that hmm. first five MLB betting, so first five innings, yeah. they call it F5, has been very fun to yeah, watch. Pete, I've have been, I've been hearing about that. The first two innings, I've heard yeah. these like early, it's apparently just a, a rush. <laughs> like everybody mm-hmm. that I've been talking about is like, because you're, you're just rooting for zero offense and every hit scares the heck out of you. So it's been it's, apparently really fun. It's that, or you're doing money lines on a mm-hmm. team to literally just be up after the first five innings, which is very fun. And you can do that all over at Bet Online. Of course, Bet Online is your number one source for all of your betting stats and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, league reviews, and news, including this year's basketball playoffs and the start of the major league season, as well as the NFL draft. Hopefully everybody's team got the player they wanted, and maybe you want some money off of who went number one and who went number wherever, and you can even bet on who's going to go in round two. There's still a lot of players left on the board. Of course, Bet Online is your continued source for all your sporting wagering information. From live betting to playoffs, esports, which I've been playing a lot of MLB The Show and Diamond Dynasty, and that game is hard. I do not care what anybody tells you online. I can't use the PCI indicator, and I can't use pinpoint pitching. I, it, it's a big disadvantage, but I still play it anyway. Head to the website today. Or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and actions. And Bet Online is where the game starts. And speaking of, the Padres are favored in every single game in this three game set, which is no surprise at all. And we've alluded to this question already a little bit with both teams, but what are some positives and negatives with what the Padres have done early on in the year and how have they done so far outside of record? I mean, I don't want to say your record doesn't mean anything right now because all mm-hmm. the games matter but we're still in the first month of the year pretty much. So how have the Padres looked positively and negatively? I think the positive thing is that it's kind of, and this might sound, it's a little bit of a cop out, but they've played basically at an expectation, even in the bad era. So yes, when they played the Dodgers, they got their butts kicked. Look, breaking news, everybody's getting their butts kicked by the Dodgers because baseball is like that sometimes. And they signed Freddie Freeman, et cetera. We don't have to make the Spiders podcast or a Dodgers podcast. And with the Braves, they kind of split that series. They played pretty well, but the Braves have been a little bit weird uh, coming out of the gate. For me, it's just this team that's relying heavy on pitching, but they're set up on pitching. There isn't anyone really that's that shocking so far, right? Mackenzie Gore was the top pitching prospect in baseball once upon a time. And I'm not saying that in a way where, oh, well, he's he's regained the hype. It, we didn't even get to see him. He had such a weird arc, Mackenzie mm-hmm. Gore, where he didn't pitch in the major leagues. It's not like he fell down because he wasn't good. So people would have proper expectations, be like, oh, well, last time he was here, he didn't do well. No, he just never debuted. And now the confidence is back. He's challenging hitters with the fastball. Unfortunately, uh, the Pirates won't be able to see that from him uh, in this series, but still really exciting stuff there. Hey, you never and, know. Yeah, you, you, never, you never know. know. Yeah, that's true. You never know. Um, it's... The way I see it also is the um, 
you uh, Darvish is another question for a lot of people. But also, I could see it going either way. I, if you told me, oh, uh, Darvish gave up seven and three innings tonight, I'd be like, okay, sure, that, that makes sense. Ever since the sticky stuff situation, he's been a little bit weird. But also, he still has that ace quality stuff. So really, that's just breaking part of the rotation down. Musgrove wasn't that great in his, his last start. Some of the F4 stuff on him was a little bit off. I didn't get that. He has been, to me, easily the best pitcher for the Padres so far this year. Breaking stuff is the same thing as last year. And... He's probably due for a great start, and he's probably going to want to have it against his former team. So I just think that the Padres are playing exactly as expectations, and without Tatis, yes, the offense does leave a lot to be desired. I'm hopeful that a Trent Christian breakout happens, even if I'm skeptical. And without Tatis, yeah, this is going to be a team that relies on starting pitching, but they are equipped to do so. They have people that on paper can get you those five, six innings of two-run ball at the most. And if you can do that, you can win a lot of games in this league, even if... It's not against necessarily the Dodgers and the Giants or even the Mets who have been awesome this year, right? It's okay. Mm -hmm. They got to beat up on teams that they know don't have the same talent level they do. And last year, you mentioned earlier that they split their first series with the Pirates. So far, they're beating the bad teams. It's a win's a win at some point, right? A win is a win uh, when you're judging a team, maybe not individual players and who they hit well against. But still, I think that the Padres have basically just been matching every expectation. And as of right now, like I said, with that aforementioned six man rotation question, you know, AJ Preller, the Padres and Pirates were linked. I don't know if it was like a, they talked or if it was a, we're talking, talking type of rumor, because I do believe that they probably discussed things with your boy, Brian Reynolds, who I noticed is actually off to a little bit of a rough start. Mm -hmm. And they also have two Capita Marcana. That's another Padres connection, but all in all, man, I mean, you never know, but uh, I don't know. Tell people also about just can you geek out for two minutes about Cabrian Hayes for me? Because, oh, my God, I mean, he's lovely. He's a delight. And I don't know if it's going to happen this season that people start waking up to how good he is. I don't know exactly what his ceiling is. I just know he's a great defender. Like, I, I don't know, like what Cabrian Hayes is upside is in the terms of how where he'll rank among the elite third baseman in baseball. Go ahead. Let's oh, just go he ahead. brought in the jersey. He brought in let's the jersey. Just, Here we go. Let's just go ahead and say this. All right. The use of the word stellar has been used way too much for a certain third baseman in baseball who has won a lot of gold gloves. Mm. Thankfully, it is not yours. And thankfully, <laughs> it's not mine. Um, but it does happen to be a guy in the NL Central that, again, has won a good amount of gold gloves. And it's Nolan Arenado. Oh, here we go. From what I have here seen so far, go ahead now. This man right here go has outplayed now. him defensively. Oh, there it is. I, I really is. think so. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe he's still up there in defensive runs saved, uh, in tops of the league. I will actually look this up real quick. Uh, it said def- defense sites run Savix because I literally said it so or typed it so fast. <laughs> um, but the thing with Hayes, too, that I don't think a lot of people understood is when everybody saw that extension, they were like, wait, that's the highest extension the Pirates have ever given anybody. I was like, yeah. yeah. Now, can you name the player who had the highest one before that? Nope. Jason Kendall. Really? Jason I was going to guess like a random one like Pedro Alvarez. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know I mean, I was going to be like, oh, I bet they no, but they, they actually did. That's that's crazy, man. That's crazy. It is. Um, but. You're paying for his glove. And the guy defensively is just like, he's like glue. 
And I know a lot of Pirates fans hate Kevin Newman because they want to see O'Neill Cruz that badly, which I agree for the most part. But at the end of the day, Kevin Newman and Key Brian Hayes make up arguably the strongest left side of the middle infield or left side of the infield defensively in all of baseball. Mm-hmm. They have to. And as I'm looking at this right now, Key Brian Hayes is actually tied for second amongst a lot of people um, for second and defensive runs saved alongside your boy, Will Myers, oddly enough, as also alongside your boy jerks and Profar. So Profar has made a lot of outfield assists. Let me tell you, he's been lots of people down. Yeah. Lots of good stuff there, but I mean, key Brian Hayes, man, it's going to be fun seeing him, especially when O'Neill Cruz comes up, seeing those two on the left side of the infield. And that's one thing that I need to start seeing more is I understand that they're still trying to give guys fair shots here, but Diego Castillo, Michael Chavis should be playing every day. Michael Chavis has had a great start to the year. And Yoshi Sutsugo and Daniel Vogelbach are not the answer at first base. I don't think I have to tell anybody that. Michael Chavis can play the position defensively very well. He's a firecracker. He's like literally just boom, 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 like everywhere. And um, for me, is it's just like at this point, I get it. They're a rebuilding team. They need to find things out. But you can kind of get the idea that Hoy Park and Kevin Newman and some of these guys just aren't it anymore. Like mm-hmm. it, 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 at some point you're going to have to like, ex- you're going to have to explain that eventually is what I'm mm-hmm. getting at. And with key Brian Hayes, he's our, f- our third baseman for the next eight years, plus a player option in the ninth year. Or so our club option, it's one of the two. I can't remember. I'm not worried about it. I'll have a wife and kids by then. Um, <laughs> but a big thing going into the series too, that I want to see and that I have seen from this team, even yesterday when they lost giving up the runs in the ninth inning they just look more competitive than they did last year Mm. they're not getting slashed every single game like they're not losing eight to eight to one eight to five eight like ten to two every other game like they're actually competing they look like a competing baseball team and that's all i asked heading into the series against the padres is just compete maybe win. well first of all win a game because if you go through a homestand go oh and six that's awful um, especially after you went four and two or four and three on your road stand or three and four. Sorry. I don't know how to count. Um, but looking into it, Javi, uh, I think it's going to be fun. I believe this is one of two times the teams play. I think the other time will be in San Diego. I think that's usually how that goes. So mm-hmm. tell the wonderful people where they can find you, find your podcast and find your work. You can find me at Javapeno, J-A-V-I-I-P-E-N-O on Twitter. I tweet about all sorts of fun stuff. So be sure to check me out there and at LO underscore Padres where I usually, I've been been trying to live tweet the games a little bit more. I, I've been sliding a little bit lately. Just had a lot of work this past week, uh, mm-hmm. but love doing some live tweets and hanging out with all of you guys and whatnot. And check out Lockdown Padres. Subscribe there on YouTube. And man, uh, yeah, I'm super excited. I just put out for JustBaseball.com, which is where I write. You guys should go check that place out. Really great website. Wrote about top 10 baseball movies. You want to yell at me uh, for not including one or putting one too high or too low? Go ahead and check that out. Uh, it should be on my Twitter as well. Um, and probably going to have to write about the Padres' first baseman after this weekend. 
especially if he keeps it up. He's batting like 400 the billion. So at some point, I need to just address this. And we have to discuss this a little bit more. Uh, for Pirates fans that don't know, that are listening to Ethan's pod, if you're not familiar, I do not say he his who name. Shall not, yeah, yeah, I was going to yeah, say. You must who, not be named. <laughs> he who shall not be named. <laughs> but he's been amazing so far. He no actually, offense, though. I would take yeah. him as my first baseman right now. I mean, that's also fair. That's also fair. But even still, don't be don't be too rough on your team. Hey, Cabrian Hayes and Manny Machado might get some great defensive fireworks. And Brian Reynolds is a really good defensive player, too, from last time yes. that I checked. So might get some really good defense uh, in this game. I can't wait to watch Hayes personally. Uh, it's very rare that you can really make highlights and be a big deal when you haven't played that much in your young career and you're making defensive plays. You know what I'm saying? And he, hasn't, any even, and he hasn't even hit a home run yet. Hasn't home run yet, is slashing 351, 441, uh, and great walk-to-strikeout ratio, all that stuff. He's been great. I have him on my 16-team fantasy league that I alluded to earlier. Which yeah, I still great, do not forgive but... Sean Woodley for oh taking him in our fantasy league last year and then literally gets it. He's like, oh, sorry, guys. I have to go cover the Raptors game, and literally I'm just sitting here like this, and I'm just like, all right, <laughs> I don't care who I take my now. my old friends. <laughs> um but anyways, guys, thank you for tuning in to this wonderful crossover. You, of course, will probably see Javi again with me. Uh, you guys could follow me on Twitter at MVP underscore Ethan and at Locked on Pirates. You see that on the bottom of the screen for you as well. But, guys, thank you so much. Enjoy the rest of your weekend. Enjoy the rest of the NFL draft. Go over to Locked on NFL. They're doing a phenomenal job covering everything over there as well in studio. They have their own studio, so make sure you go check that out. And thank you guys so much, and I will see you on the flip side.